Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this is Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar store of our fleet. I'm Ken Napsok, that is Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is Jennifer Landa. Welcome, friends. Thank you. Thank you. I like being a that and a this. I think that's a, <laughs> that's a fun Dr. Susie way to start talking about Star Wars. Exactly. 
Oh, could you imagine a Dr. Seuss Star Wars adaptation? Oh, yeah. yeah. I hope it would be of, like, uh, Anakin in the 501st attacking the temple. Just something real upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I mean, they, got, they got the Shakespeare versions. Let's yeah. Some doctor, did some Shel Silverstein versions. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where the force ends. Mr. Uh, Rogers tells the entire story of Star Wars. I just finally watched that doc. I would love it. Why are you not still bit. crying if you just watched it? I Pause had to and, cry for like a week and a half. Uh, you know what? I it, The end got me. The end it's got me. powerful, isn't I, it? I am a Rogers kid, so it, He's it got me. He's a Jedi. He's a real life Jedi. Mm. And, and, you know, uh, that 143-pound thing is freaking me out. So. Yeah. <laughs> who, fuck. Anyways, uh, that welcome, uh, welcome to Star Wars. We'll do our Mister Rogers podcast a little bit later. Rogers Center uh, would be a good obsessed episode. Absolutely. You know? All right. Yeah. Do a, a Mister Rogers panel. Oh, yeah. bunch of well, you're both invited. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Hey, before we get into our topic today, which is uh, what if Qui-Gon Jinn lived? And of course, we got news and your questions. I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So before we really get into some stuff, uh, we've got this question. It's a fair question. Are you guys going to be at Star Wars Celebration? The way it works sometimes, you don't know or you think you might know, <laughs> and we're figuring it all out. But, Joseph, we are proud to announce. Uh, we've done some soft announcements. This is the announcement. The big, not soft announcement. I was going to say hard, but no. <laughs> the not soft announcement. We are going to be there, and it's not just our attendance. We're, we're not just showing up, Joseph. No. We're doing something. We're putting in the time. We're putting in the work. We're putting on a big show. We are doing something that we have decided to call the Force Center Celebration Special. Yes. Uh, we're going to be recording a live show. And mm-hmm. before the live show, which will be full of all sorts of Star Wars Force Center goodness, uh, both Ken and I will be doing some live comedy. Uh, yes. So uh, people have been tweeting and asking that if we're going to be there, are we going to perform a bit? So yes, we'll there'll be some performance, uh, and then when we're going to record a main show, we're still working on all the fun bells and whistles, but we're going to do a mini Star Wars ranked, a mini Star Wars counseling, and just generally celebrate Star Wars like we do on Four Center. Absolutely going to be live and in living color. Uh, it's a ticketed event, Joseph, so they can get tickets. That's right. It is Thursday, April 11th at a place called Alulu Brewery, I believe uh, is the pronunciation, but as always. I could get that wrong, too. Uh, but it's going to be at that great brewery, and uh, we have a brown paper tickets link. The easiest, most direct way to get to it is to just go to uh, my live shows page on my website, josephsgrimshaw.com slash live dash shows, and that'll re- lead you right there. And, of course, we'll keep uh, tweeting and Facebooking out the link as well. Absolutely. Star Wars Celebrations got a lot of stuff going on in the convention, but a lot of stuff going outside, parties, balls, events. This is one of those things. So we really are excited to see you. Uh, and and, and we, the runtime, we're looking at about 145. People have asked. 145 to maybe two. Maybe two. We got the question, and you and I both answered at the same time. We did. I answered with optimism, and you answered with realism. <laughs> I said an hour 45, and you said two. It'll be closer to two. It's, it's, a, it's a whole event, probably. It's always good to give the number that you wish yeah. so that you can try. Uh, to edit there. Yeah, um, and, it, and like Joseph said, man, I'm excited not just to do uh, the live podcast, uh, but to put on a little show for you all. Uh, you get to see the comedy stylings of Joseph Scrimshaw if you haven't been uh, blessed with that opportunity. Uh, I'll be doing my song and dance routines, not actually singing. Uh, and more. Special guests, we have one confirmed. Yes, Dorina Ariano will be our guest. Uh, for people uh, who watch Jedi Council, they certainly know Dorina there. Mm-hmm. She is great fun. 
Very and fun. It's a fun perspective on Star Wars, and we're going to be booking some other guests. Yep. And Jennifer, you will be there with us in spirit, right? Yes, I will. As a force ghost, as I said online, <laughs> I will be there <laughs> lurking in the, in the background. Yes. Nodding yes. 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 <laughs> you will definitely be there in our hearts. I, I <laughs> wish that you could uh, be there in person, and I know all of our listeners do, but yeah. I know life is complicated. It is complicated. <laughs> I need I need a, a stable of, of handmaiden babysitters. That would be very helpful yeah. for me. <laughs> and this, yeah, as Ken was saying, like figuring these things out, whether you can go to a big event like Star Wars Celebration is not just like, should I flip this switch? Yes or no? It's like, should these eight switches all be flipped? And I only have control over two of them. Will these other six be flipped? And, and uh-huh. then you, everything lines up and you can do it. And, you know, yeah. Wish we could have uh, uh, announced this sooner. Yep. But with this, we moved everything as fast as the force would allow. Yeah, we want to thank uh, Paul at Alulu Brewery for uh, helping uh, helping us with this venue and setting it up. It's going to be great. Uh, food food and drink, full menu, all yep. that stuff. It's going to be a Force Center celebration special indeed. Yeah, and as far as my, my flight out has changed three times already. <laughs> wow. Uh, now flying out on a different day. Uh, it's, been, it's been interesting just getting out let alone getting there. Yeah. So, and then maybe you'll just never leave Chicago. Who I'm, knows? I might we just, might live there. I might just start doing improv down in Second City. <laughs> doing, uh, we're doing good. Play for the Cubs. It's going to be good. So uh, like uh, Joseph said, go to uh, josephscrimshaw.com and to his live events tab, easy access to get uh, the tickets. Uh, they're going fast, though, and it is a limited number. So uh, hop on over and check that out. All right. Uh, that's going to be a big Star Wars life adventure. But did, did we have any life adventures, Jen? Star Wars adventures? No, the only thing that happened was my daughter overheard me talking to my mom about a Star Wars land because my mom wouldn't know what Galaxy's Edge is. So I'm like, Star Wars land, <laughs> you know? And my daughter was like, Star Wars land? Oh, will Leia be there? Oh, BB-8. And I was like, oh, shoot, I, I didn't think about taking her. <laughs> I was just trying to get me in the park. You know, that's going to be tough enough. And then I was like, oh, no, no, I got to take her with me because I, oh. Okay, so, which will be fun, but it's just sure. it's a very different experience. Oh, yeah. I can't, like, stare at crates. You know what I mean? Right, like decoding right. with the Disney Play app. I'm going to have to be running around. Uh, but that's okay. And then so then I asked her later, I was like, well, who do you want to meet? And she's like, the troopers. But Darth Vader, I really want to meet Darth oh, Vader. Wow. And I was like, what? I said, <laughs> well, what happened to Leia? Don't you want to meet Leia? She's like, nah, I really want to meet Darth Vader. Wow. wow. I just, I don't understand. I, I mean, he's got, yeah. He's got four quadrant appeal. Yeah. And she just goes all over the place. <laughs> she wants to face her fear. I don't. That's what maybe. my husband said. He's like, maybe she's like trying to conquer her fear. <laughs> I don't know. I think that if she were to see Darth Vader in person, I think she'd be scared. <laughs> maybe she wants to redeem I'm him. scared. Maybe she just seen well, videos maybe. of him online, you know, the gifts of him just like riding a carousel and oh, dancing. Right. <laughs> I think like, when Darth Vader's at Disney, He's just a big dork. <laughs> He's just He's riding Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> right. I still hate watch that video that came out years ago of him, of a Vader, a very talented dancer playing Vader at the Orlando. <gasps> I just don't yeah. want, what are you doing? It's so good with <laughs> Boba Fett dancing. Uh, the Bo- yes, oh, yes. Well, great. you know, I you know as far as Star Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Land, you know, we are looking at those hotel reservation loophole things. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> do yeah. we start a do we start a Kickstarter uh, to get the uh, thousands of dollars probably required to get a room and entry? I don't know. I haven't seen the price yet. It's expensive. It's a weird little loophole. Time, yeah. little short time, right? Three four months. Mm-hmm. You get a hotel room at a Disney resort there. You get to slide into Galaxy. Like she said. Exactly. I think they, well, we'll talk about it in this news. Yeah. I think that article that Jennifer found, they yeah. might close that loophole, but we'll really? talk about that. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 
Oh, I like when loopholes mm. close. <laughs> if I can't get in the loophole. Uh, close that loophole. <laughs> well, as we continue even more of our Star Wars adventures, uh, Joseph, uh, what did you experience this week? Uh, for Star Wars adventures, I've been reading uh, Queen's Shadow. been enjoying mm. it uh, just a couple chapters in, so uh, no spoilers, uh, yeah. listeners. Um, but I, I'm hoping to finish it this week, but I'm really enjoying it. Like Every time I turn the page, I'm like, oh, yeah. This is full of minor characters that I really enjoy. It is. It's lousy with Panaka and <laughs> Seal Bibble so far, and it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I'm about uh, coming up on halfway point, and it's uh, it's a fun political thriller, fun fun prequel era canon stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How about you? What are your Star Wars adventures? Besides uh, you know Queen what? Shadow. Uh, besides Queen Shadow, um, I uh, what did I? Oh, I did have one. Uh, I was. Swinging through a, a big box store, as we Ooh. often do, and you stop by the toy aisle, as yeah. we often do. Clearance, <gasps> the little Kiati Mundo Mundi Lego set. Oh. Like $7.37. What does he come with? Uh, it's just like a generic ship and okay. some clone troopers, and I think someone else, but it's got a little Kiati minifig. Nice. And I was like, I, I've been looking at this. It's a bad set. Like, there's nothing great, <laughs> but, but it's got Kiati. I yeah. want yeah, so I bought that. I'd be that. And then I've been doing more heroes and villains inspired oh, by your nice. work on Battlefront 2. Yeah. Having fun? I have a lot of fun. I'm leveling up Dooku, sassy Dooku nice, in his nice. uh, pajamas. And had a great team where I was on a team as Leia. I chose Leia. The, I will say blaster heroes versus lightsabers, it's tough. You, you, you got to really work at it yeah. to master it. And you need good teammates. If you have good teammates, the blaster heroes <laughs> are so destructive. I did not, which was disappointing because, <laughs> number one, I wish Leia had a lightsaber in it. Just give her. I don't care if it's canon or not. Give her a lightsaber. <laughs> Two, uh, the team was Anakin, Luke, Leia and Obi Wan, right? So I was like, "That's an all star team." That's like a yeah, family picnic. <laughs> family picnic with their uncle who got in the mix of it all, <laughs> uh, and we uh, we did not do well, but it was a lot of fun. But Leia at one point got near Kylo, and I'm sure you've seen this before. But I, like all of a sudden, she's like something very familiar about this man. And I just I just started giggling. I was like, "This is fun." It's so great. So I, I will love be doing all it little, more. Little shout outs, to, yeah. to one another. Beautiful. It's good. A lot of fun. So that's our Star Wars adventures. We're going to be at Celebration. Resistance is wrapping up uh, part one of the finale. Uh, I just caught it before we pressed play and record. I should say on this show, uh, it's it, this is it's finally getting to a point where I'm like, yeah, this this part's is pretty essential. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, they, they have caught up with the great Huck speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, the, I don't want to go to spoilers, but it, yeah. it has, is I keep talking about it fulfilling the promise of we're introducing all these characters and giving this sense of kind of a fun, safe community so we can destroy it mm. and create drama. And they yeah. went to a place yeah. that was powerful at the, at the end. Uh, and also, just uh, this show has the spirit of Data Big Brawl in it. Weird characters <laughs> it does. keep fighting. And like this week, I was honestly like, I should wait to put together Data Bank Brawl until I watch the episode. And I'm glad I did because yeah. I would have almost accidentally created two fights, <laughs> two fights that <laughs> happen in Resistance this uh-huh. week. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. It's so, You're so right. Uh, and I'm curious, John, if you ever get to sit down to, to binge it or even binge it with your daughter because it is it is angled younger. Right. Uh, but it does get progressively, much like Rebels, but a little different. Rebels was different from the start. You got a sense this was... 
mm. something. But but this is still towing that line. But yeah, it, it really hit some points. Yeah, so. I was noticing that this weekend in particular, people were really <laughs> angry about spoilers happening. So mm-hmm. I knew that it was it was obviously a very good episode, and big things were happening when people were like, "Hey, comment, cool it down with the spoilers." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So. And, and on our, you know, through our Patreon page, uh, we got the Discord server, and there's a nice discussion with some of the fans going on in there about resistance each week. So if you're a fan and you are in the the Four Center uh, Discord server, thank you and pop in. If you haven't j- jumped in yet, uh, do so. And if you want to discuss it there, good, uh, good, safe, friendly fan discussion going on over there. I check nice. in every now and then. So that is all uh, things we need to catch up on. But there's a lot to get to, including news. That's right. So the last week. We we got a big surprise when Disney announced that Galaxy's Edge is opening ahead of schedule on May 31st at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim and August 29th at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida. There is one small catch. <laughs> They're calling this a soft opening since not everything will be fully operational. So on opening day for phase one, you'll be able to go on the Millennium Falcon ride, drink a blue milk smoothie, buy a baby Tauntaun, but you won't be able to go on the Rise of the Resistance attraction. That ride will be open sometime later this year. Disney did not give a specific date, but they said that there was such a demand to visit Galaxy's Edge that they decided to open the park in phases so guests could experience the magic as soon as possible. If you want to go to the soft opening, you will need valid theme park admission, and you'll be required to make a no-cost reservation, subject to availability, to access the land. So stay tuned for when those reservations become available. Do you think that this delay, the whole phase thing, is going to actually make some people wait? Or do you think people don't care? I don't care. Yeah, I think it might make some people wait. I lean a little toward waiting because mm-hmm. I want to have the full experience in that resistance ride sounds really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's also just, uh, you know, people can't necessarily afford to go once in May. Right. And then, and then once whenever they open the resistance, rise the resistance ride. Right. In, in Ford in terms of time or money in time, you know. Right. I am leaning towards definitely excited to go, would go given the opportunity, but I would feel not cheated. I get it. It's a soft opening, but like Joseph, like, I don't know if I'll come back right away. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's now a lot of money to get down there. And I'm, I'm someone who used to go to Disney like once or twice a year. I haven't been in three years. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just got to save my allowance better, I guess. <laughs> but so I would go, obviously it's one of those like, are you going to watch a star Wars movie in the theater? Well, of course I am. But, yeah. but yeah, I would, uh, I would feel like, ah, oh, well, okay, I didn't get the full experience. It's like when you show up to the park and your favorite ride, Big Thunder Mountain, is shut down today for repairs. You're like, ah, I drove all the way out here from Ohio. Yeah. Right. So. And I really want to hear more about that uh, no-cost reservation. Because I, I think in that article it kept saying, like, we'll let you know about the details. Because what I'm hearing is you plan, you save your money, you go on a day to Disneyland, and then if it's you go and get there and then – say hey are there any tickets to galaxy's edge and like no but enjoy the rest of the park oh i mean i assume that it's going to be an online oh yes system absolutely but if it is a show up that day oh no uh because i I think in that article they said at the end because i was really curious if they give any more information that the hotel resorts like once you're there you can sign up for this one of these no cost tickets in whatever system okay so they haven't said anywhere how they're actually going to manage the demand right. with this no cost ticket, right? Or no no cost reservation, reservation. to yeah. to make that 
making a separate reservation makes a ton of sense. Sure. But all of this to me is kind of meaningless without knowing what system it is. Yeah. Right. Anybody who's ever tried to sign up for a badge at San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> oh. like, right? I mean, it's it's is it gonna be every morning at seven a.m. It opens. It opens. And <laughs> anybody who has a ticket, you know, like, how is that system gonna work? Is mm. the big thing to me. Mm. Right. Right. And then we should. I don't know if you need to buy your your theme park tickets online. <laughs> Ahead of right, time, right, you know right. what I mean? Like yeah, that's another you thing. Can't make the no ticket reservation until you have the actual tickets for Disneyland. So, uh, uh, right, that would make well, it makes sense because uh, I mean, most of the time, I think I, nowadays, in the last ten years, I would buy them online and and print them out and bring right. them in. But a lot of people still wait in line and get the physical ticket. Uh, you know, right? I I can't imagine you you wait in line for forty minutes to get your ticket. We also like Star Wars Land. Not today, kid. Right. <laughs> what year? <kid? laughs> mm, yeah, so a lot of still answers that need to be uh, yeah. found. Yes. <laughs> Questions that need to be answered. But you know what I mean. We are one step closer to blue milk, and I'm okay yeah. with that. Though. Yeah. Yeah. While we've been uh, waiting for a title, a group of very lucky Disney shareholders got to see exclusive footage from Episode 9 at Disney's recent presentation for their shareholders. Now, I'm not going to get into the specifics of what they saw, because I know, but one shareholder <laughs> who was present provided descriptions of the sizzle reel on Twitter. At some point, we may see this footage, but I read the shareholders' tweets and... I'm kind of mad at myself that I did. And then I I, ra- <laughs> I wrangled. I was like, hey, guys, check out what's online. And Ken, you went and saw it, too. And I felt so bad because you, re- you uh, had the same reaction. I did, too. Did you, you do it, too, yeah. Joseph? Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought you did, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I had that, like, all right, I'm just going to read. And I don't think anything was revealed that blew my mind, like something I wouldn't think I would see, you know. But, like, I just, I don't know. Yeah, it's a <laughs> sort of a first step into a larger world yes. and a smaller world because it's that first moment where the wide open possibility of episode nine starts to get uh, uh, filtered down into reality. And it, That's I, exactly I, it. I, it, it, it was just ripping that bandaid off of like, oh, if that, then that, if that, yeah. then that, the beginning of that whole dance, which is inevitable. And I also think it's all stuff that's going to be in the first trailer. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The, ri- the ripping of the Band-Aid is, is a great analogy because it's like, this is about to happen. I love the point where I know nothing. That's going to go away soon, yeah. even officially. So let's take a look. And again, nothing I was like, nothing that I went, wah, but like. Yeah, and I mean, I, again, you know. no details, but some of the things I saw, I was like, great. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have a feeling, since they already got this footage, <laughs> I we're definitely getting the trailer at celebration and that's when they'll do the title. That's what I think. It's just going to all be one thing. Yeah. That's really making sense to me because I think, uh, uh with everything it's the trailer will be before end game right. Avengers end game for sure. And celebration there. They don't want to make too much noise to distract from Avengers end game. Mm. Star Wars celebration is already making its own bubble mm-hmm. of star Wars noise. So it makes perfect sense to get all that big Star Wars information out. And then they have a couple of weeks to make everything about Avengers Endgame. Ooh, when is Avengers Endgame? April the 26th, I believe, off Ooh, the top of my head. Yeah, uh, but it's just a couple close. weeks after that's, after uh, Celebration. That's some great business uh, sense there, Joseph. We say, what you're saying is tr- uh, makes a lot of sense. And uh, hey, look, the trailer could drop five minutes after we stop recording today. That's the way it works. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, we're so close now. And and you're 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 a Marvel guy. Uh, is Endgame the first time that title reveal was kind of delayed in the sense that we yeah. didn't know it came yeah. in the trailer? 
in yeah, and they made a big they made a bigger deal out of it than I think they meant to because they thought it would be a little bit of a spoiler mm-hmm. and they sent everybody scuttling off to like you know find out what it was. Okay. You know, and I think it was just as simple as it's called Endgame. So obviously Infinity War is not the end of the story. And then everybody's like, that's not that big of a spoiler. We were looking right. for like, you know, Hulk's soul saves the day is the name <laughs> of her, whatever weird, you know. I just, yeah, that's I, I just wonder if anyone in, down the hall at Lucasfilm, so to speak, is like, oh, work for them. You know, that, that was kind of the first time. But yeah. What, again, the reason this is why I lean on your Marvel knowledge, because yeah, you're right. Endgame could have made the Infinity War not seem as important. Obviously it didn't, but. Um, but it was the first time like, Oh, the title and the trailer came in one big package. Yeah. And it kind of worked. So it I, did, yeah, yeah, I think I, Jennifer, I think your instinct is, is accurate that why well, not just release the title with the trailer? Right. Yeah. Exactly. We're so close. We're yeah. So just hold on. Close. Yeah. I am. I, it depends on what type of person you are. If it's Christmas Eve and I know some family traditions are Christmas Eve, get all the gifts, but mine was one gift. And then my mom would try to slip me the other gift. Nope. I'm good. I'll wait till the morning. We're so close. I'll wait. (laughs) Exactly. Well, we have two more exciting guests heading to Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Get ready to meet Empus Nest and Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) I would love to see these two characters team up on screen, but for now, you'll be able to see and perhaps meet Aaron Kellerman, uh, who played Empus Nest in Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Ahmed Best, who, of course, played the iconic Jar Jar Binks in the prequels and other things as well. Both actors will be available for autographs and photos in the Tops autograph area. And Ahmed Bess will most likely, I think he said it on Twitter too, uh, mm-hmm. will be appearing at the Phantom Menace panel on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, first thing, if Ahmed Bess is at that panel, I hope that people give him a standing ovation. That's oh, the first thing. Yeah. It's been the rallying cry for a while. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, and I, it's also interesting, Erin Kellerman is finally making an appearance because she obviously was not around during the press tour since it would have been a big kind of spoiler. So it's nice because I know that she, there's a big fan following for her. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's pretty exciting that she'll be there. Yeah, I love that they're getting people from all different parts of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That's so great. And to announce those two together, I, I had the same thing of like, hmm, <laughs> there's got to be a canon story. There. Right, exactly. <laughs> there's some way we can make it work. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Ahmed did tweet out he will be at that panel Monday. So I like that he gets two chances to get some, uh, you know, kind of fan love, which I, I think is well deserved. And yeah, Aaron Kellyman, you're right. You're right. You, you take for granted. She just, she was not allowed to be out and about before the press, uh, the press tour and everything before that movie came out. So a little, little do. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't even really on the red carpet or maybe she like slipped in or, but it wasn't like they were like, this is emphasis now. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, you can't. So yeah. that's, that's pretty great that she'll be there. Now, there has been a great disturbance in the force along with some serious confusion. <laughs> Last August, Variety reported that Matt Smith has been cast, oh, had been cast in episode nine and was playing a key role in the film. But last week, LA Times reporter Emily Zemler interviewed Matt, and she said that he said, quote, as far as, oh no, he, this is what he said. Oh, she asked him about episode nine. That's right. And he said, quote, as far as I can tell, I'm definitely not, end quote, <laughs> in it. <laughs> so it's unclear if he's trying to keep his role a surprise, if his part got edited out of the film, or if he really was never in the film to begin with. So if we speculate responsibly, what do you guys think is going on? Is he just uh, messing with us? Yeah, I would lean more toward this is a great reminder that everything is a rumor until it's confirmed. Mm. I lean more towards I forgot that Lucasfilm didn't uh, they, they had that flurry of announcements. <laughs> I forgot that they didn't confirm it. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, Variety and other uh, people report sources as truth. Mm. It, the, the headline is, he is cast, not, right. you know, our sources say. I mean, the article says our sources say, but the headline is, he is cast. Right. And to me, the, the simplest answer is, uh, that was those sources were wrong. Mm. He was in talks, or maybe he's cast for something else, or maybe he was almost cast, right? But they cut the character or whatever. It's a it's weird weird time in the movie mm. media world, and yeah. you don't know what's uh, you, yep. You trust Variety Hollywood Reporter, but and there's levels to who you should trust or you don't. But sources change, stories change. I totally forgot that not number one was confirmed, and forgot that he was rumored at all right. it slipped out of my my mind and dominic moynihan's the other one right now i think he's in it he's in it yeah yeah uh, jj yeah it's their buddies i get that but remember it was that like is penny's boat yeah yes right and it's it's like um I, I i a lot of people pair them together we get a lot of those speculate responsibly questions of what do you think they're going to be are they going to be this knights of ren and and i just I just adapted and just never questioned that matt smith was or wasn't in the film <laughs> yeah right. and and you're right until 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 you're sitting in the theater and Matt Smith pops up, yeah, I tend to believe him here. Yeah, mm, interesting. I, I don't know. Can messing. you trust those doctors? Uh, Can you trust them? Yeah, right, exactly. uh, no, the doctor lies. Do- the, the doctor lies. Uh, Matt Smith doesn't lie as much. Uh, the eleventh doctor lies maybe a little bit to, okay. to spare people's feelings. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe it is a different timeline. Maybe yeah. he altered. <laughs> I I think he's. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say that he's in the film, but I think he's messing with us. I because uh-huh. I mean, Variety. I just it's surprising that Variety would report a rumor like that. Although in this clickbait age, maybe they're just. <laughs> throwing their the journalism ethics out the window. But it could be one of those infisness things where, you know, if somebody had asked Aaron Kellerman, she couldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I just think it's the way that they write things in the way our society works. Like right. back in, in, back in the day, uh, my birthday, <laughs> August 17th, I believe, uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. I think the report was accurate that a director had been attached to an Obi-Wan project, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the headlines were Obi-Wan movie confirmed. Right. Right. And uh, one, the, the kernel of truth is there, mm-hmm. but the conclusion is not. Yeah. Yeah. The headlines are misleading. And, and, yeah. And it's also a weird, a weird exposure of the movie business in the last five years, this media discussion world where, if, if we're, we, you know, it's not a we live in LA and you don't situation, but it's like hey, you hear that and we go, oh yeah, it's probably in development. It's you know in the final stages. It might not happen. But if you if you write a website in another and you're not out, not in the business, you might interpret that as it's gone. Matt Smith is cast. Yeah, and that's not how it works. It really isn't how it works. So, but then you get just have the fun of discussing it. Yeah, an Obi Wan movie with James Mangold. Oh my God! Yeah, or a Boba Fett movie with James Mangold. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then you run wild, wild with it, and that's not that's okay. Yeah, but or maybe he maybe it was a small part. He shot it, and JJ called him up and is like, "I'm so sorry." Yeah, Matt. we 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 cut it. And they cut Tom Hardy couldn't make it. Day <laughs> uh. royalty, Harry and uh, Prince Harry and Prince William. They're on or the cutting room yeah, floor, right? right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So maybe he is a little sore about it. No, as far as I can tell, definitely not. I got cut out. So that is the news for now. That is the news. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Because for now, it, it, it's always this, we, we're in this period, uh, Joseph's ripping a Band-Aid uh, the, uh, <laughs> theory here. This is, it's starting to show up. It is. It's exciting. Calm before the storm, I think. Calm before the storm. We're going to dive into a main topic here in a second there. What if Qui-Gon Jinn lived? Talking about Qui-Gon and all that related to the stoic Jedi that everyone does love from the Phantom Menace. Before we do that, then we want to recommend an audiobook for you to listen to on us, Joseph. We are recommending Queen Shadow by E.K. Johnston because it's new, it's out, and I believe the audiobook is read by the actor who plays Padme in The Clone Wars, uh, Oh, Cat Tabor, yes, yeah. you're right, yes. Yeah, so that makes it even more exciting uh, for fans of The Clone Wars. Uh, so I think people should check that out. Absolutely. Get a get a new Star Wars book on us. Try it. See if you like it. Download your free audiobook today. AudibleTrial.com slash Force Center. Again, that's AudibleTrial.com slash Force Center for your free audiobook. Oh, 
All right. We we wanted to do this one for a bit, Joseph, and we are finally going to take a dive into Qui-Gon Jinn. That is right. We are going to dive into what if Qui-Gon lived. Uh, we are going to start with a little asterisk. We planned to do this weeks ago, uh, and uh, I'm sure as people who are on the internet listening, pop culture uh, fans know, Liam Neeson said some weird stuff, uh, some controversial stuff, and he said it the morning we were going to record <laughs> this episode a couple weeks back, so we just wanted to, to give it a little bit of time, and we want to acknowledge that it's out there, that he said some weird stuff, we're not going to get into it at all, uh, and we do want to be respectful uh, but we also want to appreciate that characters and actors are different different things, uh, <laughs> and we are going to be discussing the character of Qui-Gon uh, here today. Yeah. Uh, it was really also just like the will of the Force. Mm-hmm. We talked about doing this, uh, and I wrote up all these questions, and a bunch of listeners, like the same week, all wrote in really thoughtful, interesting questions on this topic. Wow. Qui-Gon was just in the air. Uh, so it's really great to finally uh, dive in. And thank you to all of the different listeners who, who sent in and requested Qui-Gon questions. We are going to dig in. So I want to start the discussion by just the big picture, taking the Qui-Gon temperature mm-hmm. in the room. How do we all feel about this character? Mm-hmm. Jennifer, I want to start with you. What is your general, what was your Qui-Gon reaction back in the day? And what are your feelings now? I really liked Qui-Gon as a character. I was very sad when he died. I felt like he really anchored and grounded the film for me, The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Uh, I felt very, I mean, I, I really enjoy, <laughs> I enjoyed Liam Neeson as an <laughs> actor. Um, and so, yeah, I really like the character. And now, um, yeah, I still I still like him. Although now it's, it is a little bit more difficult after those uh, comments came out for me to, you know, se- separate, but, but we're working on that. <laughs> we're working on it. Real. So, yeah. Yeah, I still like him. Okay. The character. Yeah, so the character you you responded to the character and has he grown in your estimation? Does he live in your mind or is he not right now a character that you like think about a lot? I don't think about, you know, some characters, uh, specifically creature characters, oftentimes lead me to wanting to explore their backstories, come up with backstories for them, learn about their species, learn about their home worlds. Qui-Gon never did that to me. Okay. But it was like it was like a warm blanket when I would watch the Phantom Menace that I could just curl up in. Like I just, I enjoy watching him on screen. Yeah. His performance is just really very solid and you get like, that's his character yes. too. Of He's just like, I have this, I've got this. Don't worry. Stay close to me. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm. How about you, Ken? What is your uh, Qui-Gon temperature? Uh, it is, it is uh, always been warm and, and now it's hot. Um, <laughs> I've always liked Qui-Gon except though back in 99, 2000, that range, I was one of those people of, well, where's Qui-Gon in the original trilogy? Why did Obi-Wan never mention him? And it's like, the answer is, George didn't think he was going to make those movies. Yeah. So that's what it is. And so once I kind of put that aside, uh, it all makes sense. And now I love him in Phantom Menace, L- liked him then, and, and, and liked uh, what Liam Neeson brought to it and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't think about the character. And it was like he he died, and, and you know, the great soundtrack debacle saw that coming, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by two and three, you know, and I loved uh, I thought we were going to get an answer, right? George kind of promised an answer why he didn't vanish into the Force. And when I felt we didn't directly get that... Sith Yoda says, I got some training for you. I was like, okay, cool. It was a footnote. 
but it's grown for me. And the character yeah. of Qui-Gon, thanks to the Clone Wars, especially the last, uh, you know, episodes where Yoda and Qui-Gon cover all that stuff and then the stuff from a, certain, from a certain point of view, the recent Jody Hauser one-shot from the Age of Republic, I really do love the character of Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I, I feel the same way. I, I really reacted positively to him and his sort of uh, warm, I've got this, uh, another kind of example. Uh, I like that Obi-Wan is younger and I like that Qui-Gon provided us an example of a Jedi in their prime mm-hmm. and a Jedi who has, you know, Wisdom, but it's also it's set in their Jedi ways, but also striving to look outside the box. Mm. It's a great Jedi to meet. Uh, it wasn't immediately obvious in The Phantom Menace, but as the prequel trilogy went on, it became really clear that, to me, the value of having Qui-Gon uh, in that first movie was to really introduce us to this idea of Padawans and masters mm-hmm. in that relationship there and how all of those kind of generations of Jedi are going to speak to one another once we realize that, oh... Qui-Gon was Dooku's Padawan, and Dooku was Yoda's Padawan. It really enriches that. And I think uh, kind of why we're having this discussion, it sets up all of these great Shakespearean tragedy questions. You know, like when you study Macbeth in high school or college, it's always, well, where could have things changed? Mm -hmm. And having Qui-Gon, who is this warm and friendly presence, die and just go, oh, uh, Anakin, uh, I know you're kind of cold and afraid and alone, but here's a guy who kind of didn't want you anyway, right. and is, who is very young, who just, you know, <laughs> promised to adopt you, but kind of didn't want you around to be like, that is so rich. And it sets up all these great questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing I'll say about him, uh, and then we can dive into some of these complex, what if he lived questions? Uh, I love that he is presented to us and almost his first scene is somebody who thinks that it's important to live in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't mean just like, <laughs> be sure to have wine and, and <laughs> reflect in the sunset. But like his relationship with like well, the living force is like, well, you should be in the present, you know, up mm-hmm. to Obi-Wan saying, but be mindful of the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's all about living in the present. And then he's like, but there's an ancient prophecy. Yeah. And I think yeah. sometime in the future, this kid is going to fulfill right. it. It's like, is that really living in the moment? So it creates even just in the Phantom Menace, like this tension yeah. of who is he? What does he really believe? Right. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> you even have Obi-Wan like, everyone else is uh, not not here with you on this moment. With like, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're alone in this moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into some of the change dynamics if Qui-Gon lived. Uh, the big one is, of course, would he have changed Anakin's fate? So I want to check in on this early in our conversation and see what our opinions are and if we change our own minds at any point. So Ken, what do you think? Do you think Anakin's fate changes if Qui-Gon lives? I, and I'm going to, as best I can, take out the prophecy if the prophecy's a real thing and true, right? Because then then you could argue, well, it was always supposed to be. Let's let's set that aside. I think Qui-Gon could have affected him, but I still think it was all inside Anakin. Yeah, I think Anakin would have had a problem with something Qui-Gon did. Uh, I, I lean to say no. Okay. No. It might have been delayed, but no. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? I think he, I think he could have changed him. I, I see that Qui-Gon, I think, could have found the, seen the good in him and some of the weaknesses that, that Obi-Wan saw 
Qui-Gon might see them as strengths. It's like if you have a child that has, uh, you know, like a high-spirited child, which I've, I've mm. used this example before, is that some people would say, oh, they're just too active and blah, blah, blah. And other people who understand it are like, well, that's because they're inquisitive. They're answering questions. They're curious. And so I think that he would have had that approach. And I think that he would have been able to understand, um, he would have been more flexible yeah. than Obi-Wan. And I think because he, he does things his own way. And so he might even seen a little bit of himself in Anakin and known how to talk to him in a way that I think could have prevented it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I I mean, I think if this was just like a totally real world story, to me it is like that story of exactly what you're describing, the parent who gets the child. I feel like a, a story of Star Wars that is about destiny that uh, at some point Anakin was going to have to m- make a choice. Mm. And, and I wonder if anything could have changed that he was going to give into that, that fear that he always had mm-hmm. of being alone. Like, I think he, I think it wouldn't have been as powerful that uh, fear of loss because I think Kaigan would have provided him more warmth and comfort and right. not alienated him as much. But there's something about it that makes it feel like to me, the big practical thing that would change is Qui-Gon would have made Palpatine work way harder mm-hmm. to break Anakin. Right. So you have yeah. like the positive influence from the Jedi. You have the manipulations of Palpatine, who, if you know, you believe certain theories, created Anakin. Mm-hmm. And the Jedi are just either a problem or an opportunity for him. Right. And I like Palpatine as like this kind of jazz artist. Yeah. Who's <laughs> like, well, uh, whatever they do, uh, I'm going to answer with a different note. And yeah. I think just Qui Gon would have made Palpatine have to work harder because he would have raised Anakin with more defenses to, to Palpatine's manipulations. Defensive to the dark arts, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah delayed. It's interesting. Uh, your, your, your perspective as a parent, Jen, you know, like sitting down, uh, you know, you can get them, you can reach them. And, and I'm just like, yeah, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> but also but, if you're thinking like this is an interesting point about him feeling abandoned and feeling alone and wa- you know, wanting to not have that happen. Part of the reason why he feels that is because of his, of his mother. I mean, not only yeah. was he taken from his mother, right. his mother, he feels responsible that she was, that she's dead. And so I think that perhaps, and we'll talk about this later, if maybe Qui-Gon had ha- prevented that too. Mm-hmm. So he would have had like that kind of support system, that nur- that nurturing environment that he needed. I mean, he really felt like a lost abandoned child. Yeah, and I think Qui-Gon's death, well, I don't think he had, I don't think Anakin would have negative feelings towards Qui-Gon. Right, you know, exactly. But no. Qui-Gon is an immediate loss. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a, a, It's teaching him that as soon as I have someone, I might lose them. Mm-hmm. It's very right. interesting because that could be Palpatine's entry point as it was, but a 10-year-old Anakin tells Qui-Gon, can we go back and get my mom? No, we can. We're going to maybe dive into that in, in a second, but like, no, you can't. The Force doesn't will that that's still going to be a problem for Anakin and probably yeah. still going to have the window. But to your point, Joseph, maybe Qui-Gon can fight that longer, you know, push yeah. back on that. But still Anakin might be like, cool. My mom's still a slave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The prophecy stuff is cool. Yeah. But yeah, right. I think the prophecy says Anakin is that I rescue my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about Qui-Gon training Anakin. Uh, do you think that Qui-Gon would have got the council's permission to train Anakin? And if he didn't, would he have left the Jedi Order like he threatened? Because this, this was a question that was up in the mm-hmm. air until the events on Naboo. Yes, I, I think Qui-Gon would have left. Oh, I think wow. he would have left. I think that's what I, one of the things I love about as his character grows and Jody Hauser's uh, issue that wonder that it, it's he's he's thinking stuff you know he's, yeah he's 
He's a deep thinker then, Qui-Gon. Um, I think, I think, I, I, I find it interesting. The council gave Obi-Wan permission because Qui-Gon died. You know, it's one of those fun, not plot holes, but discussion points of yeah. like, what made them change? Kid blew up the droid thing and they were like, ah, kid's got skills? Or, eh, man, Qui-Gon's last wish was train the kid. I guess out of honor of our buddy. Sure, Anakin, you can do it. Did that cause it happen or, yeah. or, or, or is there some reason for it? Because if, if the battle didn't happen or Qui-Gon survived, would they have still cared? I don't know. So I think if push, Qui-Gon would have been like, I'm taking my student and I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I want to think that the council would have been real split, mm. you know, uh, and said, uh, all right, you don't you don't violate our rules. Uh, we said no and you're going to do it. Fine, you're out. But I think there's a possibility that they would just give in because yeah. I think that's what they ultimately did with Obi-Wan. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, what changes on Naboo is that real confirmation that the Sith are back. Right. And we don't know if that was the master or the apprentice. And we really need to keep everything together. We have, uh, you know, a lost 20. We've got 20 statues down in the library. <laughs> we don't want to be adding 20 new a week. If, yeah, yeah. If like, and we believe Obi-Wan's going to walk. Yeah. We know his attachment to his master. Mm. Obi-Wan will walk. So he, I get the impression that it's like, we need to keep the family together. That, that's the headcanon I like for why they no, decided that, to let Obi-Wan do it. And then the question is, would that have been there that, if Qui-Gon That lived? makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, the Sith coming back, confirmation. Like, oh, we got bigger problems. And, oh, yeah. he's the one who's supposed to destroy them in destroy our, them. our interpretation of this prophecy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? Do you think Qui-Gon would have uh, run away? Do you think the council would have kept him around? Yeah, I think he would have been able to talk him into it eventually. <laughs> or if not, what he would have done is maybe, I don't know if he would have done this, but like done, done it on the sly. Could he do it in secret? Mm. And then present it present the kid and you know he's like look look at these great skills that he has i've been training him and they're just gonna be like all right your little pet project fine (laughs) (laughs) you know i don't know yeah i mean that is a constant qui-gon question of how much is he willing to bend the rules and how much is there a snapping sound where they actually break right exactly Uh, yeah and because he's got that little great thing in phantom ministries like i'm not allowed to train you yet Mm -hmm. so he's still following the council up to a point yep that snapping sound's going to be heard. He's going to train him. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting about him. That's why I think one of the things I love, whereas Dooku we'll talk about later. Dooku, I think, was in the same same arena and was like, I'll break the rules. You know, I'm okay because Christopher Lee really played the character to be amoral and answer to power, so that's why he goes that way, where Qui-Gon, I think, has all the same questions Dooku had or might have had, but he's going to come back to, I also follow the rules. Right. Yeah, I don't. I can't train you yet, kid. Here's a pamphlet. I'll come back to you in a second. <laughs> That's interesting. That's an interesting observation. That maybe yeah. even if the council said no, maybe Quagon would have been like, "This is as the Force wills it. I must live in this moment." Mm. Yeah. Sorry, kid. I'll send you back. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, yeah, I think Quagon is a rebel with a cause. With right? a cause. He's not yes. going to break rules to break rules. Right. Um, yeah, that's fascinating. We talked about this a, a little bit already, uh, Jennifer's great uh, parental perspective, but do you think Anakin would have felt more loved and wanted under the care of Qui-Gon? That seems like a, a given, right? Yeah. What do you, what do you feel yeah. about that, Ken? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But again, love is good, but you hit those teen years and your mom's still <laughs> on a planet. Yeah, it comes to the big question, but we'll come to that, but yeah. Yeah, it's like, can you 
dabble in the dark side <laughs> during your teenage years and then come back to the light. I, mean, I yeah. feel like that's kind of where he would go for like his for like his goth stage or something. Maybe do it a little bit and then he'd come back because I think that <laughs> the Anakin goth stage. Yeah, <laughs> that's the novel I want. <laughs> because I think that that's that's what Qui Gon would have given him that love and support, and so he that would have still been in him in the back of his mind to kind of pull him back. Yeah. This is a really weird analogy, super dated, Uh but I feel like, you know, it's the, um, you know, when a kid, you know, wants a cigarette, like that old, uh, you know, story, it's very old. I'm dating myself, but I feel like if Anakin wanted a cigarette, Obi-Wan would just say, no, smoking is wrong. Come over here. Right. And I feel like Qui-Gon would go like, I'm not going to force you to smoke the whole pack. I'm going to tell you it's not a great idea and I'm going to let you smoke a few. And then we'll discuss it. Yep. Mm. And I just feel like he would have all of that, like, I'm a little bit more open and flowing. I'm going to tell you I think it's wrong, but I'm going to let you experiment a little bit. Yeah. Not like experiment with the dark side, not like, go kill three people and see how you feel. (laughs) But like experiment with like, this is why the Jedi are worried about attachment. Because it can lead to a selfish kind of love if you're not careful. So let's talk a lot about that. Obi Wan's teaching. Going to Obi Wan a little bit here. Look, I'm thinking of Attack of the Clones. This is your lightsaber. Got it with your life. All right, that makes sense. Obi Wan goes through some doubt as a teacher. I think there's some Absolutely. stuff in, in, in canon now that's that's really really goes into that. Um, he strikes me as the type. Anakin might be receiving a lot of just just don't do this, like you said. Where and some people respond to that. I, I respond to that. I, to this day, have not done a drug. You know why? When I was seven, my mom and dad said, oh, don't do drugs. Not good. And I went, okay. And I haven't. Unless you count whiskey. Um, Obi-Wan would whiskey. not count whiskey. Oh, you must have been such a good child. I, I, I mean, I'm too quiet. <laughs> they had to kick me out of the house to like go go live life a little bit. But I, I mean, that's, that, that's me. So I don't think Anakin's that, though. So right. I, I think that's the big difference, what you just described. Quagga would have been like, yeah, don't don't do space drugs. Don't do death sticks. <laughs> but here's why. And you know, if you do, come back to me and we'll talk about it. Or Obi Wan would have been like, "Don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Why? Don't because I said so." Yeah, and I don't know. I think that maybe affected him, and which is not a slide on on Obi Wan because I think he's going through a journey too. Yeah, I mean, he's he's yep. a much younger teacher, right? And yep. I think that has a lot to it to do with it that they're a little bit closer in age. They're a little bit more brothers yep. than a father son relationship. Indeed. There's a patience too that Qui-Gon has that the Obi-Wan does not have. And that, that is everything right mm-hmm. there. Right. In dealing with any sort of uh, child like Anakin would be. That's so fascinating. Cause I think Obi-Wan is very patient in dealing with other situations, right. but not Anakin. Yes. That's a great insight. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's uh, get into a little bit of the prophecy. Do you think Qui-Gon uh, would obsess over Anakin as the chosen one, that's what he's obs- he's caring towards Anakin, mm-hmm. but he's obsessed that he's the chosen one. That's mm-hmm. why a nine year old has to be kind of shiftily rescued mm-hmm. as a slave and, and and be trained in his mind. Uh, so, do you think that he would have been constantly talking to Anakin about the uh, prophecy? And do you have any ideas how Qui Gon would interpret the prophecy? Mm. I I think he would have, you know, not to not to draw a parallel to the story of Christ, but it, the, the reason he, he didn't find out that he was 13, right? There would have been this, all right, you've trained, you're a Jedi, now let me sit you down and tell you, here's what we think about you. Yeah. Because that's weighty, man. Heavy, as Doc Brown would say. So I think Qui-Gon would have told him eventually and that when the time he felt was right. 
Okay. But I think in the meantime, there would have been some great Mace Windu, Qui-Gon Jinn debates. Okay. In the break room. Interesting. I don't think you've got this right. I think I am right. You know, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. I don't know why I feel this. I just feel this instinct that he, because it is all about the moment and he seems a little bit more open and honest mm. that he would really be like, you don't need to do anything different, but mm. just know that this is your, your destiny. And, you know, I, would he be, would Qui-Gon be really opinionated about, here's how I interpret the, uh, the prophecy, mm-hmm. or would he be really in the moment of like, I believe this is going to be important in the future, but don't worry about it. Just be the best Jedi you can be now. Or, right. or would he maybe actually, you know, have a little bit of hypocrisy where he's like, live in the moment, but mm-hmm. also I am constantly not looking at you as a kid, as a person, as a Jedi. I am constantly looking at you as the chosen one. Right. Which could be a little alienating. Yeah. Mm. Puts a lot of pressure. Yeah. I think Anakin would have at some point, something would have happened where he saw that Qui-Gon was treating him in a specific way that was, that he was being really forgiving with him. And so I think at some point, young Anakin might've said, why, why, why are you being so nice to me? Why did you rescue me? What is it about me? You know, nobody else likes me. (laughs) 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 I heard, I heard them talking about me behind my back. They're afraid of me and in awe of me. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, my, what's wrong with me? And I think Qui-Gon would have couched it in a way that's very, like, you know, feed the kid in pieces, not overwhelm them. Like you're saying, cause it's some weighty stuff, just more like you, you are special, <laughs> you have special, special powers and you know, and this might happen, but don't freak out. <laughs> I'm going to be here with you to guide you. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, it's, there's two, my mind goes in two different ways. When you bring up this question you, and you think about how does, how would Qui-Gon interpret it, it to me? Is it a straight line? He's like, you are going to destroy the Sith by being a good guy who destroys the Sith. Or is he open to the idea? You might also destroy the galaxy and in the end, come back and redeem it. You know, it's like, yeah. And, and you know, clearly the, you know, George Lucas, not in universe, uh, uh, Baron Papanotis, not the one with the answers here. Um, he, he thinks that's all part of it, right? That's why his belief is it's chosen one. Pretty right? straightforward in that Clone Wars arc where, yeah. the, you know, once Qui-Gon is one with the force and he's teaching Yoda, he says explicitly, because I need you to be around to help, Right. This prophecy down the line, down the line. So in the moment, and, and do you get any? Do you get any inside scoop when you go to the other side? I guess is I a think question. So. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. don't think he has a, a vision uh, when yeah. he's still alive. Uh, alive, though. You know how he interprets it. I'm almost not. I am. I am worried about how Anakin would have taken it. Is he? And I'll do a weird sports reference. If you're a, you're going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Cool. Does that make you go work harder, practice harder, and live up to that, or does that make you? go party, drink, buy a private jet, and be out of the league in a year. (laughs) Which, you know, I don't know. I I could see him going around going, I'm the chosen one a lot. Yeah. yeah, we've heard you're the chosen one, jerk. <laughs> like I don't, mm. I don't know. A lot of it, I looked to Anakin for that, and that's where would have would help to have Qui Gon to guide him yeah. through that. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing without the sports reference because uh, I'm not as adept at those as you are. Uh, that's your special power. That's, that's, um, yes. But I, I, I like the idea that he would embrace Anakin's power because mm. they, it, we're told explicitly in canon multiple times that Anakin is more powerful. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he would just say like you know, embrace that. You have a, these skills, don't hold yourself back. And Because that's obviously one of the things that Anakin's mad about in Attack the Clones, that he feels like he's being made to be like everybody else. Right. And I wonder if Qui-Gon would have been like, 
I don't know if this is what the prophecy will be, but you are clearly have a stronger connection to the force. And so you have things come to you easier. You mm. literally have more power. You can, you know, <laughs> to break it down, like you can pick bigger things up and throw them farther <laughs> and it's easier for you. Have you, know? you played Battlefront 2, Anakin? <laughs> You're the strongest. You are by, you have a fourth specific special <laughs> ability instead of just three on Battlefront 2. But I, I mean, there is that whole idea mm. of, letting people be who they are. And sometimes some people have more abilities than others. And do you damage people when you say like, hold back or just like you have, you're not better than anyone else. You yeah. have the same responsibilities, but you also have more power. You, you have, so you in some ways have more responsibility to handle you, You're not better than anyone. You're, you're different. You just need to go to art school. You know what I mean? You need to go to performing art yeah. school and you blossom. Star in all the shows yes. because he's talented. Yeah, or it's, yeah, whatever. It's really interesting because you, you're, you're taking, to, taking me to Attack of the Clones and what Padme's packing and they're talking <laughs> that scene and, and that's where it first really starts to come out that he feels held back. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know every bit of Star Wars knowledge on, on immediate recall. I don't believe Anakin's aware of the prophecy of who he is at this point in technology. I don't think it's ever talked about. Talked about. Mm. I think that's one of the big, mm. uh, it might be somewhere in some bit of canon, but I feel like kind of for our major understanding of Star Wars, right? There, there's nothing, there's not a lot on how Anakin feels about this. Mm -hmm. it, it leads me to think that maybe he was told, yeah. but that it was really just not a focus and Obi-Wan treated him like yeah. all the other students. Right, right. And I think that's, and that, so that's obviously one of the reasons Palpatine gets to him. I know you're great. Yeah, because mm. he, yeah, and if, if yeah, yeah if Qui-Gon was there to to say these things in a positive way, yeah, you know, and Palpatine says all these things that are true, you have more power, they are a little afraid of you, they're holding you back, mm. it's all true, Yeah, but Palpatine manipulates it to be a negative thing instead of, you and know. It's interesting to note, a total side note that takes another discussion, rather, we don't, we don't have time for necessarily, is, is Obi-Wan he believes Luke is the one at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Uh, now he doesn't know at the time, but so yeah, that, that, that makes now, now you can see Anakin's Qui-Gon would have been there going, no, no, no. I think you are where Obi-Wan at this point is just kind of like, yeah, my, my old masters thought you were special. I don't know. <laughs> right. That's, that's gotta be hurt. That's gotta hurt the kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's get into the big question that is shadowing over all of this. And that is the shadow of Shmi Skywalker. Uh, let's have that book, The Shadow of Shmi Skywalker. I love that. Mm. Would Qui-Gon have tried to rescue Shmi? Jennifer, do you have strong feelings on this? I think he would have, specifically because he would have seen, I think because of Anakin, he would have seen that Anakin needed that, even though it's like an attachment and whatnot. I, I don't know. I think, I think that, and plus they had a special connection. I mean, come on. <laughs> so yeah, you're fully team Spark, at yes. least between uh, Qui-Gon and Shmi. Absolutely. I did uh, 29 episodes of Jedi Alliance with Mon Garrett before she left the show. I don't think one of those episodes didn't include a reference <laughs> to the heat between Qui-Gon Qui and Shmi. It is palpable. It is. Yeah. There is, if nothing else, yeah. just a an understanding that they both kind of know that Anakin mm -hmm. is special. Mm -hmm. They know the galaxy is rough, yeah. and they know that they both want to make things better. There's like a tenderness between them. Yes. There is. There's 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 heat in the sands of Tatooine. <laughs> but I still I still think I don't know. Not not necessarily disagreement, but I look at the other side. The possibility that Qui Gon. 
there's the question of she is a, they think, you know, they don't know if she sold the Klieg Lars, Lars and Freed, but they, they would think the last thing, hey, she's a slave. So how can a Jedi leave that right. and not go free him, which is, it's a concept in the Padme book that's emerging. That's one of the, the plot lines is there's still slavery in the galaxy and it's something like that. So would Qui-Gon have gone back for that reason? Mm. Jokes aside about the heat, I don't think, but, but what do you, what, what do you, that's going to mess up Anakin if I do that? Mm. I don't know. Or maybe that starts to leave Qui-Gon. Maybe his old pal Dooku's in his ear going, well, you know, come on. I've been on a couple of dates since I left the order. It's all right. Does <laughs> Qui-Gon go that way? Wow. I think in the end, I don't know if he does. Do you? Yeah. Wait, yeah. To free her? To free. free. Maybe to free. Yeah. Not to bring, I, not to collect. Yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah, there you go. Free, but not collect. She's no, she's around. So they know I I, that she's around. I, I just don't I don't see a situation where What do you mean by collect? Collect meaning <laughs> now you're my slave. No, no, meaning meaning she's freed because as a Jedi I really feel bad that I chance cubed you out of your freedom. Mm, but yeah. I'm not gonna bring you back to course and set you up in a secret apartment. Exactly. And I yeah. can oh, just yeah. go meet you on the weekends. Right. That's yes, that's a great that's distinction. Kind of right. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I think that Qui-Gon would not be able to let this go, especially seeing Anakin's perspective, right, and knowing that he did, he bent the rules. He he moved the chance cube to yeah. get this chosen one free. So kind of kept her there. Mm-hmm. Um, she says a lot of great things about her destiny is on Tatooine, and right. that that you know uh, Anakin should accept that there are things that he can't change, right, and shouldn't look back and should just go and be brave. So in some ways, Shmi has said, "This is good. I'm fine with it." Mm-hmm. So you, you wonder like. Would Qui-Gon respect that? Right. Would Qui-Gon go, you know what? The whole Republic is corrupt. The Jedi don't take action. They should. Would he make a big argument of like, you know what? I know it might start a war with the crime syndicates and the huts, but it's not her. We should go stop slavery because we're Jedi and we're heroes. Like, would he make a big yeah. picture argument out of it? Or would he do what you're saying of just like, mm-hmm. go and make sure that she is okay out of personal responsibility? Mm. I don't think he would go and free her for Anakin. <laughs> right. Because that then is just, it's not about what's best for Shmi necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's about what is best for Anakin. Mm. And, yeah. then, and then that is not loving selflessly. Right. Which I think is like a huge distinction in Anakin's story is that it's not that he wants to save Padme for Padme. He can't live without Padme. Right. right. Yes. I think that's, I come down on this set. He would have, he would have gone back. And and not not necessarily said I'm bringing it back to your son. Number one, but two, it, you know, if she shows up, if he shows up, and she's like, "Here's my new boyfriend, Cleeg Lars," I would have been like, "Okay, fair enough." Uh, but <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> he throws some flowers away in the trash as he's walking away. Um, but he would have, he would have, yeah, would have been the will of force and everything. So yeah, I, 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 I point being, I, I agree with you say, yeah, you're saying there, yeah. Yeah, that's such a that's such a beautiful picture. Just go, Qui Gon's like, I, I have to address this. Oh, you're married. Cool. I'll, I'll report want, back to Anakin. Now I want that that fan fiction. That's the fan fiction <laughs> movie I want. Shards yeah. of Qui Gon's romance past is what I want. Oh yeah, shards <laughs> of romance. Oh, that's disturbing. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, do you think that Qui Gon would have continued to pursue the path to immortality because he was already on it? He was figuring it out. That's the narrative in canon. Uh, do you think he would have started teaching it to other Jedi, to Anakin? What would he have done with the path to immortality? Oof. Jennifer, you're uh, a... You, you, <laughs> like if he unlocks it, Eureka, my experiments have worked. <laughs> I feel like it fundamentally changes 
the Jedi's understanding of the Force, the relationship between the living Force mm-hmm. and the cosmic Force, which is a whole other thing uh, that we could get into. Um, but I feel like he's on the path, and the only thing that stops him is a you know a lightsaber hilt to the head and a yeah. burning hole in his gut. Otherwise, he is in the middle of figuring this out. Yeah, yeah. What hmm. do you think, Jed? I don't know. I, I mean, I one would assume that he would teach them. Well, I don't or know. They, that. Or they pers- conti- I, he, he would have continued continue. to pursue it. Yes, but right. would he teach others? I. Mm. It depends where he has, is at in his walk with the Jedi Order. Right. Yeah. If if things are good. Hey, High Council, I may have discovered something that changes everything. <laughs> or is he, I don't know, and I don't know if I'm going to stick around? I don't know. Do I start a new order? Because it's, it's so interesting. This morning, just as, as we recorded, I finally read the Dooku one-shot, but again, by Jody Howes. Yeah. She's doing a great job. She really is a great Star Wars writer. Um, Dooku is on, meets another Jedi on this planet, on Solace, I should say, and... Um, they, there's a line about well, they're thinking of starting a new order. That, mm. that, that there's a breakaway kind of like we don't like this. We're going to start our own team. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Does Qui Gon go? Wait a minute. I have the chosen one. <laughs> I yeah. have the path to immortality. And you guys aren't freeing slaves, or you're not doing this. I don't know. And my old master's in my ear. Welcome to the Qui Gon order. I don't know. I don't know. That's wild thought. But yeah. Depends on where he is. Yeah, I mean, that's a great thought, too, of, like, the council gives in and says, yes, you can train him. But then the council can in, in the Republic continue to be just sort of, you know, taking constant inaction. Right. And he's just like, you know what? I got immortality, got a chosen one, got important things to do, and you're just running errands for the Republic. Yeah. And, and our hands are tied from making real change. That's fascinating. I'm getting a new set of clothes. <laughs> I've rented an office. The Jedi New Order. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think he definitely pursues the yeah. path to immortality. I think he maybe shares it with, maybe with Anakin. Maybe he waits until Anakin's yeah. ready. This is a real, maybe this is his, he just goes, I'll live in the moment. I'll decide. When it if if it seems like the right moment, I'll bring it up. If not. Because he's, pursu- <laughs> he's pursuing it for the right reasons. Yeah. It's not a power thing. It's not Palpatine trying to stay alive. Plague is trying to stay alive. It seems to be the next phase of our learning, the yeah. next phase of our life. And he does ha- obviously have respect for Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and Yoda, ultimately. Right. So, you know, maybe there are people he'd bring it to. Maybe he wouldn't bring it to Mace Windu. Maybe maybe he's got a problem <laughs> with Mace's super grumpy attitude. Yep. yep. Nope. <laughs> Not you. Yeah. Right. Fisto, um, yes. The- All right. Go ahead, Jennifer. No, no, that was it. I, th- I think it would be very selective with who he would share that information with. Because <laughs> he'd have to be around them in some sense. <laughs> <laughs> so... Not not so and so. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many great uh, uh, potential contradictions in Qui Gon of deciding yeah. like, am, am I open and flowing? And this is uh, information is not to be hoarded; mm-hmm. it's to be shared. I'm just going to put this out there, and it's not an easy task. It's not like, oh, uh, I, I found a bunch of keys, and now we can all drive the immortality car right. anytime we want. It's a journey into self discovery. So maybe he would just share it with people who he thought like maybe that they would be capable. Right. Um, all right. Yaddle. <laughs> Yaddle and, uh, and Yarl. That's it. Uh, we, we could talk for so long, uh, yeah. but I'm going to try to get to uh, just a couple more of these uh, big picture questions. We talked a little about uh, if whether or not Dooku would try to get Qui-Gon Jinn to join him and would it work. I think at this point in the story, Dooku's turning. Dooku's had legitimate concerns with the mm-hmm. Republic yeah. and the Jedi. 
but he was under the thrall of the dark side. Yeah. I think he would try to manipulate Qui-Gon, and I think that Qui-Gon would be able to tell the difference between legitimate concerns about these institutions that are corroding a little bit mm-hmm. versus you're evil now. Right. You believe in the dark side. Yeah, I think he definitely would have tried to recruit him. I think it would have been a great conversation. I would have would have loved to have seen or heard or read. Uh, I love that scene in Tacloons when Duke is trying to uh, recruit Obi-Wan because I think he's, you know, he's laying down the truth. Um, I think maybe it is a part of him. If he, if he saw that he could destroy the Sith, he would because he's about power above all. Yeah. So I think, but I think you're right. As it relates to Qui-Gon, he would have listened. He would have agreed on a lot. And at the end of the day, he would have been like, oh, wait a minute. I sense something is Something's off not with, right. mm-hmm. yeah, my, my old master. And much like my pursuit of immortality is for the better of others in our order or what we can understand about life, it is not about keeping me alive or anything like that, you, you've gone down the wrong path, my friend. And it yeah. would have been one great lightsaber fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you feel, Jennifer? Yeah, absolutely. I think that he would have he would have tried and, he, and Qui-Gon would have listened to Dooku and would have taken that truth and obviously I think used it and told the council or done something. Uh, but I don't think he would have joined him. He would have saw, seen right through him. Yeah. Easily. Qui-Gon Jinn would never join you. <laughs> yeah. I think Obi-Wan, that is not a half truth. I right. think that is a, a full truth from, from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, would Dooku try to kill Qui-Gon though? And you talked about the epic mm. lightsaber battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Qui-Gon is a zero for one for uh, <laughs> fighting <laughs> Sith, right? Uh, Sith Lords are our speciality. <laughs> Sith Except Lords were not Qui-Gon Jinn's <laughs> speciality. Uh, unfortunately. So, I, yeah. What do, what do you feel about that, Ken? I think in a straight-up fight, Yoda was going to win over Dooku, right? And, yeah. But Dooku puts uh, uh, others in harm's way, and that's the choice that Yoda can't back away from. So if you take something like that out of side, one-on-one, I, I think... I think Qui-Gon might have won. I don't know. That might be wishful thinking. Because if yeah. Dooku all of a sudden breaks out the lightning and it was a surprise, that might have caught, you know, Qui-Gon by surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jennifer, what are, what are your thoughts? You know, I don't know if he would have tried to kill him. I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a respect that he has for him. <laughs> it's like, until we meet again. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it would be, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know if he would have tried to kill him. But if he did, uh, doesn't look good for Qui-Gon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those, like, to me, the, the rhythms of Star Wars at play. Uh, if Dooku is already under Palpatine's Sidious's thrall, Sidious wants Qui-Gon to die because mm. he wants Anakin to know loss. Mm. Yeah. So already Dooku's master really wants this to happen. I think Dooku would go to Qui-Gon and he would pull the old, ah, can I turn him and then we can kill Sidious together because that's mm-hmm. what the Sith do. Right. Dooku wants power. I think uh, Qui-Gon would say no. And mm. I think, uh, unfortunately, Qui-Gon would fall. Mm. Yeah, we, we don't have a lot of faith in, faith in his fighting skills, huh? He's good. He's good. He's not great. He's very good. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the, there's something that happened there in that yeah. in that fight where he was not able to match yep. the ferocity. I, mean, I think there's also just uh, the whole connection of that Padawan relationship. Obi-Wan can never take Dooku. Mm-hmm. And I think that has something to do with this direct Padawan chain. That mm-hmm. Dooku's really good at the mental chess game of lightsaber battles. And I think that's why Obi-Wan can never mm. take him. And I think he would be able to manipulate Qui-Gon too. Mm-hmm. Qui-Gon is using all the moves that Dooku taught him, right? Right. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Poor Qui-Gon. Poor Qui-Gon's Qui-Gon. noble end again. Qui-Gon's other noble no. end. Oh, uh, well, that was nice that Qui-Gon lived for a little longer <laughs> in our fantasy longer. as we uh, discussed <laughs> this. Uh, so I want to uh, check in uh, at the, from the beginning of our conversation. Have, have we changed our minds at all about if Anakin would have had a different fate under Qui-Gon now that we talked about lots of different Qui-Gon perspectives? I'm still going to that roadblock, the Shmi Skywalker roadblock, and I think Anakin would have eventually turned. Yeah. In a different way, more spectacular way. It might have cost Qui-Gon his life, but I think it would have happened. I think he would have dabbled, as we talked about. Yeah. But I think that he would have come back, and I think that uh, Qui-Gon would have been very patient throughout it all, still being there, still being present, and supportive, so that when he did come back, he'd be a wonderful Jedi. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I think I have not uh, changed my mind either. Yeah. I think in a way, sadly, if in this is just my opinion, that if Qui-Gon lived, Anakin would have had a much better life and he would have fallen from a much higher place, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> We're creating even more of a monster. Oh, no. Uh, but who knows? This is a gr- I love this conversation because this yeah. is one of those, like, that's e- e- really difficult for me because it's where Star Wars butts up against real life. And in real life, I feel mm-hmm. a loving parent changes yeah a child's life in right. star wars is such a tale of destiny and to me of personal responsibility and everybody can manipulate you from every angle and eventually you choose for you and i feel like in that story mm. nothing can change it for anakin right. if this was just the real world right. i would think yes qui-gon Jin, <laughs> the jedi knight jedi yeah. master in the real world could stop Anakin Skywalker, Jedi Knight, from falling it's, in the real world. It's important to have that hope. <laughs> and that's where George conflicts himself. But if he's suggesting that it's all about destiny, but then he's also talking about the importance of choices and the choices that we make and leading us down this dark path. And you can you can change your destiny. And it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> like you're well, saying with yeah. Anakin, well, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, yeah. Ro- all roads lead back to uh, him being a bad guy. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. But it's uh, but you've given me hope this morning because maybe you're making me question. <laughs> maybe Qui Gon could make a difference. Yeah. There you go. Uh, final, just fun question: If Qui Gon was real and we could ask him one thing, what would we ask him? Uh, am I going to ever pay off my credit card debt? <laughs> could you look into the future? I think he would just say, "Live in the present moment and pay what you can today." Oh. And that is what I will continue to do. <laughs> He's like a magic eight ball. Um, yeah. uh, what about, I would ask him d- if he had any feelings for Shmi. And if so, was he conflicted about not being able to act upon them? Yeah, I that would be my go-to one too. <laughs> uh, but since you already asked him, I think I would just ask him if he would, uh, if there are other circumstances in which he would uh, cheat at gambling. Yeah. And if you wanted to come to the casino (laughs) (laughs) and if you felt any guilt about that little chance cube move or if you felt that was the will of the force, the will of the force, the The mystery that is Qui-Gon Jinn. I think a mystery that will be less mysterious when Claudia Gray's uh, Master and Apprentice book comes out. I think that this will be a different conversation. She is uh, she is a master. Yes. And I think uh, some great stuff is going to be fleshed out about Mm -hmm. Qui-Gon, about Obi-Wan, about their relationship. Should be worth the follow up, I'm sure. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of great things there. Well, that is our thoughts on Qui-Gon Jinn. We want to hear yours using the hashtag Force Center. We'll tell you where you can reach out at the end of the show. We do have some time for some audience questions. We like taking uh, questions from you guys. And coming up is our new segment, The Power of the Light Side. But let's talk to Jasper Elways right now. Uh, Jasper writes, what did Han do with all of Lando's capes after he won the Falcon? Are they still there? Does Chewie just walk around in various capes when nobody is looking? God, I hope so. 
question came to us from Facebook. Jennifer, what do you think? I think that he was probably, uh, yeah, he went and just took them all from the closet and dumped them in a pile mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. I love this idea of Chewie walking around in various caves. I think Han would have tried it on at one point. Yeah. You know, maybe some drunken night. Uh, (laughs) And then I think he would have just like thrown him out. Yeah. Yeah, I think Han is not a cape guy. You know, you can imagine him saying like a cape on your back is nothing compared to a good blaster on your hip. You know? Uh, yeah. What, uh, yeah. Do you, what do you think? I think there is a scene that maybe we will actually get someday in canon, yeah. which is the super awkward immediately after the game mm. is the the Lando clear out the Falcon party. I think uh, there's a real yeah. awkward yes. like, uh, Lando, you got 15 minutes on my ship. Get your capes, get whatever else and get out. That's actually, that's yes, it. that's the truth. I mm-hmm. think I think Lando's got them. Yeah. yeah, I think if perchance let's just say if Han kept them or they Orlando said I'm so mad I don't even want to go back on my ship, which yeah. is unlikely. He's got to get his podcast recording gear. Um, <laughs> I think Han would have kept it for a little bit, hoping that well, Kira seemed to like those capes. Uh, maybe I can give them oh, to Kira. Yeah. Mm. Then after that dream fades and Chewie wears them out, I think then he sells them at some kind of auction and then fills up that closet with vests. So then when Lando gets there in Empire, <laughs> it's like what. <sighs> Uh, wearing these vests. That's why Lando was the vest, vest closet. I love yeah. that. But yeah. the real answer, I think there's a great scene. <laughs> a great scene of Lando clearing things out. Lando clearing out the Falcon. Yeah. <sighs> Fun montage. Fun montage. <laughs> <get you Jasper. laughs> it is like the anti yeah. ready for a party montage. Right, yeah. if, if Star Wars had mid post credit scenes, that's the <laughs> oh mid credit scene. For Solo, for sure. Yes. That's oh my one. God. That's the one. Andrew Blake writes us on Facebook. Will Ryan Johnson's trilogy be mentioned at all from Lucasfilm at Celebration? Fair question. Celebration is going to bring us a lot of news. Dan and Dave in their series slash possible trilogy of movies. Ryan Johnson. Uh, let's look into our Qui-Gon crystal ball. Joseph, what do we think? I'm 50-50 on this one. I th- there's one side of me that thinks that they will, like Qui-Gon, want to live in the moment and just stay mm-hmm. focused on episode nine. And there's a part of me that w- thinks that, well, there's not going to be a celebration for another two years, mm-hmm. that maybe there could just be a very short, like, original Rogue One, like, mm-hmm. teaser of just, like, a title and just a glimmer of an idea mm-hmm. to make people feel like, the Skywalker saga is ending, but we have a new adventure coming in a few years. Yeah, Jen? I think they're not going to mention it. I think that they're going to do episode nine. They're going to do uh, Mandalorian, maybe even some concept art or something for the Cassian Andor series. Yeah. I think they're going to really go all in on the streaming service. Mm-hmm. That and makes sense. Then we'll, we'll revisit Ryan Johnson's trilogy with Dan and Dave's series, whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, later on. 2020, mm, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. 2021. Yeah, I agree. If, if, if the very least, if there's a general panel or a welcome to celebration thing and Kathleen Kennedy's up there, you might say, we've got all all this stuff coming, including... Right. Like, literally mention. Things yep. from Ryan Johnson <laughs> and yeah. Dan and Dave, which exactly. maybe they want to confirm it. I don't think Ryan's going to pop out. I don't think Dan no. and Dave are going to pop out. So to this, it's happening as far as we know, but it's not the time. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, Jennifer, you changed my mind. You're no. right. They they want everybody to if if they want to talk about the future of Star Wars, they want everyone focused on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, You're right. Yeah, oh, yeah, they really do. They really do. Andrew, hope that answers your question. But the truth is, we won't know until we know. Uh, on Patreon, we always like to take two questions from our fans on Patreon.com/slash/FourceCenter. 
Evan Osborne Lomax writes, uh, While I love the sequel trilogy thus far, I'm a little disappointed that we've only seen our big three together once for the final moments of The Last Jedi. Uh, how much will, uh, time will Ray, Finn, and Poe spend together in Episode Nine? So when he says our big three, referring to Ray, Finn, and Poe, a lot of times big three, we think Han, Luke, and Leia. Yeah. Which they didn't spend a lot of time together either. But uh, what do you think about this, uh, Joseph? Screen time for our heroes. Yeah, I think that there might be a little bit of a Star Wars poetry with three Turn of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I think the big three will spend most of Act Two together. Yeah. Mm. So that just makes sense to me from a narrative uh, point of view. If we want to catch up with what's going on with our heroes, maybe two of them are together, whatever. But Act One is kind of setting up mm-hmm. where they've been, where they're going, what are the challenges. Act Two is where they're moving towards whatever big final mission mm-hmm. uh, is going to resolve the story. And then Act Three. Like in Return of the Jedi, they're facing their individual challenges. Yeah. Or maybe two are paired up and right. one is separate. And all f- but I think sweet, sweet uh, time with them together in Act 2. Yeah. All flows down to Yub Nub there. Yeah. Oh, that that's exactly it. That's exactly it. We, we got the answer right here. <laughs> uh, I think that they're definitely going to spend time together. I think it's going to be really exciting. The, the, our big three, our, well, no, <laughs> our new big three uh, together mm. in the second act. I like yeah. that. It's interesting to me because... Coming out of The Force Awakens, and we know the story, you know, Poe maybe wasn't supposed to survive that movie, right? Mm. To me, the big three essentially was was Kylo, Ray, and Finn in a way, how it was planned marketing-wise. Yeah. I know the spirit of the question is these are our resistance heroes and three. So uh, Jason Fry was just tw- tweeting out some stuff about Empire Strikes Back and the lack of screen time for Han, Luke, Leia together in Empire Strikes Back. It's mm. very tiny, obviously. Um a different return of the Jedi and Star Wars. So I think we're running along that kind of line. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I can't argue with that at all. Like, we're going to get them all hugging on and off camera. <laughs> yes. Or off screen yeah. in uh, episode nine. We already got one hug. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alex Lloyd, final question here. If you had a plan, uh, if you had to plan a Star Wars marathon for second time viewers of the saga, that's a great one. What order would you put the movies in? Asking this question for the f- first time viewers can be, let lead to heated debate. Is round two just as heated or is it in story order the only way? I first saw the special editions, then the prequels, so my first time was release order. But I find a lot of joy watching one through three, solo, Rogue One, four through eight. What about us? What do we mm. think? This was great. Yeah, we mm-hmm. do here. I just got it the other day. It was uh, streaming on Twitch. How do you introduce to Star Wars to someone? I, I go release order for that, which George Lucas would not agree with me. Uh, <laughs> but for second time, Jen, that's an interesting thought. I like this. This is a great question. Uh, set for a second time viewing. I agree with you, Alex. One through three, solo, Rogue One, and four through eight. That's because I think it'd just be fun to, for this person uh, to, to experience <laughs> Anakin's fall mm-hmm. and just seeing that evolution. I think that'd be really great. And then seeing how Solo and Rogue One fit into it, how, how they would think that it fits into the whole story. That's great. Perfect. You answered your own question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in that camp too. Yeah, I think yeah. there's something about release order for the first viewing that makes sense to me because then you're kind of experiencing it as the culture did yes. mm-hmm. um, at, at various points in time. But then doing the in, in Star Wars order is fun. And I, I have yeah. not had time in the last couple of years since all these great new Star Wars movies to like sit down and watch them all in this order, mm-hmm. the order, the actual sequential story order in Star Wars universe. And I really look forward to doing that. Uh, I'll, Me too. I'll put on my list too. And uh, you know, maybe we'll stop and watch all the clone wars too. No, <laughs> yeah, maybe the movie, but yeah. Um, yeah, as far yeah, the debate on it, I know it gets heated, but I, I go release order not just for plot, 
I think a lot of people think plot, but what you just said, Justin, how we took it in as, as pop culture also affects, you know, are you going to watch uh, Temple of Doom before Raiders Lost Ark, even though it happened before? No, you want to f- experience it as, as we all did. So that's why I go that. But second time, yeah, that's intriguing because that's what we love as Star Wars fans. If you're listening to Force Center, we love the little canon timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I haven't actually done that. Surprising. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. That's going to be one long day, but we're going to do it. Uh, <laughs> Alex, Evan, Andrew, Jasper, thank you for your questions there. If you have questions, we'll tell you where to reach out at the end of the show. But our new segment we had last week, uh, as promised on our Patreon refresh that we did recently, it is the power of the light side, Joseph. That is right, and this is uh, available to uh, patrons at $10 or higher, where we ask them to just send in something they love about Star Wars. We're collecting a lot of these, so these will be coming up. Uh, this one is from uh, David Knafelkamp. And David says, My favorite Star Wars character is Sheev Palpatine, and I even named my Red Dead Redemption 2 character <laughs> after him. But he doesn't make for a good positive story. So my positive statement is about Arishel star Oniho Zea in Tamiri Bleg. I love Star Wars because it gives us a story that we can retell to others about hope, conquest, and determination. When Oniho Zaya is sitting on the floor with his Walker toy and Jedi doll telling the legend of what happened on Crate, this is like us sitting in the theater. Arishel and Tamiri are waiting with expectation for Episode Nine and the rest of the story. We have our fake lightsabers and gold dice to try to put ourselves into that story, just like the three-and-three-quarter-inch Jedi doll Oniho uses to tell the story to his friends. Thanks so much. Keep up the hard work. Thank you, David. That's a great one. Oh, yeah, I love that. One. Yeah, oh. absolutely. I, I, and I love that moment. I love Tamiri Black, aka Broom Kid. I love that whole sequence because it, it's it's meta, but it also works in story. It's Luke's sacrifice and what the point was. Uh, it's in, yeah, need a need a hero yeah. to believe in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it yeah, it's what we all did. I, th- I really think Star Wars grew as 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 it did. Jen, because of those those figures and merchandising we all got exactly. our parents' money on. But yeah, right. to bring it into our lives. Yeah, and I think it's just such a, a, a positive thing about The Last Jedi that it is such a confirmation mm-hmm. of what we've always loved about uh, Star Wars. That's a beautiful thing to me and uh, beautifully said by David. Any other, any other thoughts? I need a tissue. <laughs> the power of the light side. Every t- this the second time, boy, you guys just really—it's so great to hear your stories and how Star Wars has affected you and the things that you guys find joy in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so neat. Yeah, thank you. I, I love the way David frames this to remind us that it's about these three kids yeah. finding joy and hope in telling one another the story. Mm-hmm. That That's it's what it not is. just like they're alone thinking like. Someone with a lightsaber will come and rescue me. They're mm-hmm. they're making themselves a part of the story. Yeah, together. Yeah. What we did on the playground as kids. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's great. Power of the light side, Joseph. They if they have a story, they can just go to Patreon and and we'll pick it. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you uh, if you uh, uh, back us at like I said at the ten or twenty dollar level, uh, the request will come. I love it. I love it. We're almost out of here. But hey, if you have a question about today's episode, a thought on Qui-Gon, you want to get something into us to answer on the show, there's a lot of ways to do it, including on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Go to our website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Uh, if you want merchandise, and especially if you go to celebration or a lot of conventions, convention season is here. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Tweet us pics of your merch and we'll reshare them. Podcasts available in a lot of spots, including Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. 
tune in Spotify. Yeah, some recent problems with Spotify. We're aware, working on it. Not on our end. Uh, it's just the magic tech gods trying to figure <laughs> that out. We are also on YouTube. You can search for Center and find us where we have our animated databank brawl episode, encore episodes of databank brawl, and the in memoriams and more coming. And again, Joseph, Patreon. Yeah. Sorry, that ended that ended hard. <laughs> I, I, in my head, I was like, do I have anything more to say on the subject? No, I'm going to let Joseph say it. And I give you just, just a beat there of yeah. says, in case there was uh, some more That's brilliance a, coming. It's an example of bad hosting. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. Uh, you can find us on patreon.com slash center. So please, if you're interested, do come join the party there. And don't forget, live at Star Wars, well, live in Chicago for Star Wars Celebration, the Force Center Celebration Special at a Lulu Brewery. You go to josephscrimshaw.com slash live events. or Live dash shows. Live dash show, or, you know, just, just check out his website while you're there. <laughs> and that's the easiest way to get tickets. tickets. Tickets are still available for our event out there. Uh, Joseph and I will be competing in the Movie Trivia Schmodown Convention, in convention contest, and then Hopefully winning and going on to the big show. Well, we shall yeah. see. There's a, there is a battle that I cannot win because even <laughs> yeah. if I win, everyone will have preferred Molly Damon to win <laughs> because then she will face her right. wonderful husband, Alex. Oh, uh, wow. and a, uh, I think all those contestants look good, but Molly is, I know from watching mm-hmm. Alex and Molly train, Molly yep. is going to be powerful in the force yes. powerful powerful she knows her stuff yes she does Maxie it's, big the force yeah. of molly is. and <laughs> yeah I, so i think that's gonna be a really really fun event it's gonna be great uh it's that's friday the live event saturday night star wars celebrations coming uh jen i know again uh we're gonna get a force ghost hologram, hologram projection of you there <laughs> yes but uh you've got stuff too you're working on as well that's right you can follow me on twitter instagram facebook at jennifer landa my happy beefs is coming this week i promise it's all about the symbolism of masks and star wars from Ooh. emphasis Ness to boba fett <laughs> so cool oh wow you talked about boba fett yes i Love did <laughs> nice. that's great so happy for that yeah. Uh, we mentioned josephscrimshed.com, but that's not where it ends. No, this is just the beginning of the adventure. Uh, no. uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at josephscrimshaw. Uh, and this website that we've mentioned 8,000 times on this episode, I apologize. <laughs> but it's uh, where I keep all my stuff. So if you're interested in comedy albums, uh, I wrote a book a couple years back no. that I reminded people about on Twitter. And they're like, oh, you wrote a book? I was like, yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, comedy so, of Doom. Comedy of Doom. Yeah, an introduction by Bill Corbett uh, from Rift Tracks, Mystery Science Theater, all sorts of great stuff in there. Uh, anyway, uh, Go check it out, josephscrimshaw.com. And again, that live show's page, you can get tickets to our big special at Star Wars Dollar Celebration. Uh, it's going to be great. Looking forward to that. And you can follow me at Kadnapsa across all social media platforms, including YouTube and Twitch. Uh, if you're listening this week and you still want to, you're in Seattle and you want to get the show, go to markellislive.com, Mark Ellis Comedy, and friends that friends are Josh Makuga and me. More shows coming, so stay tuned for that. I do have a Kadnapsa.com. It's just, it's a really ugly site right now. We're in the middle <laughs> of working on that. So that is it for now. So for Qui-Gon and all the changes he might have brought, We'll see you next time here on Foresight. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.